Hey there, Alex Oft. Before we get started, just wanted to let you know that here at IWM, we are really eager to take this podcast to another level. It's something that's gotta grow and hopefully carries so much value that you would choose to invest a little bit of your time every week. We like to say at IWM that we are your partner in mission. Well, to achieve that, we need your feedback. We now are running the podcast end of the year survey. So it's the most convenient way for you to give us substantial feedback in a manner of three, four minutes. Simply go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash podcast dash survey, podcast dash survey, or find the link in the show notes. Friends, thanks a lot. That will be a huge help. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining me for the Institute of World Mission podcast today. I'm your host, Alex Ott, and this is the podcast for Adventist expatriate missionaries. Let me explain. If you are an AVS volunteer or one-year mission program participant, maybe a student missionary, or of course, a long-term career missionary, an international service employee, or an inter-union employee, or maybe an AFM, which stands for Adventist Frontier Missions Worker, well, chances are you are serving cross-culturally. And you know what? If I didn't mention your particular kind of involvement, please forgive me. But if you are into Adventist missions in any way, practicing it, or teaching it, or learning about it, you are included. So welcome, everyone. This is your podcast. You're not a guest you are community, you are family, your brothers and sisters. And if you are a listener, just drop me a note. Let us know here at IWM that this podcast is reaching you. That would be fabulous if I would get a few this coming week. Write me at otta at gc.adventist.org. I'll be thrilled to hear from you. Now to today's interview. Often, as international personnel in any capacity, we are expected to tell a story. Whether it's when we are visiting our home churches or at conferences or meetings of any kind, maybe work-related conferences or meetings, the question is how to effectively tell a story for missions, how to give glory to the Lord in doing so, how to inspire people to support and get involved in cross-cultural missions. My guest today is Andrew McChesney. Andrew is a professional journalist with many years of experience. Andrew serves as editor at the office of General Conference Adventist Mission. He edits Adventist Mission Quarterly and the Inside Story in the Sabbath School Guide for the Adults. Maybe you don't know it, but you see a lot of stories written and presented by Andrew. And today, you will meet Andrew on a totally different level. With that intro, let's get straight into the interview. Andrew, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. 
Thank you, Alex. Really excited to talk with you and in light with our topic today, which is I've been kind of looking forward to doing with you. But before we do that, would you please share with us a little bit more about yourself, your background, where you're from, perhaps, and so forth? Yeah, thank you, Alex. I travel a lot, and people ask me quite often, Andy, where are you from? And frankly, I have no idea. I was born in Zambia, lived the first year of my life. Then my parents moved to Zimbabwe, lived there basically until I was 10 years old. Then we moved to Indonesia, I lived there three years. Then I went to high school for two years in Singapore. Then my parents divorced and moved to the U.S. And I lived in the U.S. for seven years until I finished my studies. And then, as soon as I completed my studies, I moved immediately to Russia. I lived there 17 years. And then, about five years ago, the General Conference invited me to work here in the U.S. And so I've been kind of in the U.S. and mostly traveling around almost all the time around the world for the last few years. So, Alex, I really don't know where I'm from, but... What do you think? Where am I from? Fascinating. You are a third culture kid. I think that's what you are. Where do you think I'm from? Where are you from? Hmm. I don't know. You're a world citizen then, huh? Okay. I don't know either where I'm from, but I know where I'm going. And that's the most important thing. And that's why I work every day, because I don't want to go alone. I want to bring other people with me to heaven. And that's the most important thing I think about life. Thank you, Andrew, for saying this. I am sure many of our listeners can relate very much to what you're saying. I know I can, but we're not going to go in, in, in there right now. So you being one of the chief reporters for Adventist Mission and is just the right person for us to talk to. And here's the issue. As missionaries, we often face multiple requests to share our story. You know, we, we travel home for vacation, and immediately we are asked to share the stories from the mission field, right? So how to do that best? Maybe a presentation we need to do or a speaking request that we have to fulfill. For many of us, those requests are somewhat of a problem. We may not know how to do it well or how to do it best. So let's break it down together just a little bit and help our missionaries both do it well and maybe even enjoy the process. So let me jump just right into the first question. Why is it important? It's a why question. Why is it important for us to tell our story from the mission field or off the mission field? I think it's very important, first of all, because the Bible says that we should be ready in season and out of season to share why we believe in Jesus, why we are Christians. And there's no better way to do that than through a personal testimony. And in this case, we're talking about personal testimonies from the mission field. This is extremely important because, first of all, it's a story that only you can have. Nobody else has had this story before, and maybe no one will have the story afterwards. And something you can tell is very authentic, very, very hopefully relatable, and hopefully points to Jesus and points in some way to his second coming. Because when stories do that, they really encourage people and they really are blessed by God because these are his stories, not our own. So you are working for the Office of Adventist Mission here in the General Conference. Yes. And Adventist Mission continuously tells stories from the mission field. What's the purpose of that? What are the goals that Adventist Mission is trying to reach? Well, one of the biggest goals that we have at Adventist Mission is to bring awareness to what God is doing around the world. 
oftentimes people that I've met seem to think that God may only be working in their neighborhood and they don't even realize that the church is operating elsewhere around the world. Just a few months ago, I was in South America, in Brazil actually, and I spoke with a conference president at the end of a visit there. And he was very excited because we have been talking for the last, for the previous few days about mission, what the Adventist World Church is doing in other countries. And he was excited because his church members had been hearing these stories and they had never once thought that the Adventist Church was active in Africa and in Asia. They only thought about the Adventist Church being active in Brazil. And so by hearing stories, they realized the Adventist Church was much bigger than they had imagined. And by extension, I suppose that God is much bigger than they had imagined. And that really excited them to pursue mission even more enthusiastically than they had been. And can you imagine we as missionaries can be part of this process of inspiring other people? And you're doing this professionally, you write stories, you make videos, you're part of the team that is fully involved with this. We as missionaries can be part of this process. So I'm really excited about this. Let me ask you this next question here. What are some of the key aspects of a report or a presentation or a speech from the mission field, we should always keep in mind in our delivery. Well, I think the first thing to do is to really pray hard. I never do any writing or inter any interviewing without prayer first. And in fact, I have started praying for the trips that I take months in advance before even taking them, because I really think it's important for God to bless the process, to bless the time that we take collecting interviews and speaking with people. And I want to make sure that God provides the best stories possible. I mean, I know he has the best stories possible, but I want to make sure that we hear them when we go on, the, on these trips. And likewise, when we prepare a testimony, a story to share, I think it's very important to pray and seek the Holy Spirit's guidance to find the brightest, most interesting stories that have happened to us and then to formulate those stories, to share them in a way that will, will impact hearts. Thank you. So let's, let's just dig deeper in, into this process just a little bit. When we are sharing our stories, say, in our home churches, what format should it take? Should it be just a, a recital of facts? Or should we feature what people have with their emotions? I mean, what, 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 should, what, what are the best pieces that we should put in there? Mm, that's a good question, Alex. And I actually sometimes meet people that I need to interview who haven't prepared their testimony to share with me, and they ask me that exact question. What do I start? What do I say? And so first thing I do is, of course, I pray with them for God to touch their minds. And then I just say to them, what is the most bright, most inspiring event that has happened in your life that really changed your life through God's help. And the person will think for a moment and almost always will begin to smile and tell me a very interesting aspect of perhaps their conversion story or how they led somebody else to Christ. And it just flows from there. And when you tell these stories in church or to other people, the most important thing I think is just to start at the beginning. Don't be nervous. <laughs> Don't be stressed out, and just calmly tell it chronologically from beginning to the end, and tell it in a very conversational manner. A good way to prepare to tell a story would be to first write it down, 
when people ask me in advance how they can prepare to tell me a story, I just tell them, just sit down, pray, and write down your story, and write it down as you would tell it to a friend. Or even better, write it down as you would tell it to your mother or your spouse over the phone or in person. Very conversational, very informal. Just write it that way, and then retell it that way when we speak in person. So that's what conversational format means. We're not trying to make it formal or anything. We're just trying to kind of relate it as to a close friend, as to a family member. Yes, exactly, Alex. And I think it's really important not to weigh down a story with a lot of facts and figures. Because no one's going to remember that. And quite frankly, it's, it's a little distracting. Yeah. So, Andrew, when we're sharing our stories, we know that both positive and negative things happen in the mission field. How much of each should we be putting in our stories? Yeah, this is a very good question, one that I've actually thought about a lot. Because on the one hand, I really want to glorify God with stories. On the other hand, I want to make sure that the stories are authentic. <laughs> and so people don't, I mean, yeah, so people don't think that we're just making up good stories all the time, which of course we wouldn't do. And in this case, I've, I'm thinking of an example. <laughs> I mean, basically, when I write stories, there's two things I try to do all the time. I make sure that the story points to Jesus and that the story somehow prepares the readers or the listeners for Jesus' second coming. And if the story doesn't do these things, I don't want to write it, I don't want to tell it at all. And I would advise the same thing for anybody preparing a testimony to share in a church or elsewhere. Make sure your story points to Jesus and make sure that somehow will help the listener prepare for Jesus' second coming. Because if you do these two things, Jesus will bless the story abundantly, and that's what we need. And what's the point of telling a story if Jesus isn't going to bless it? It's just a waste of time. Right. So when it comes to positive versus negative, I mean, once again, just ask yourself, can Jesus bless the story that I'm preparing to tell? If you think you can't bless it, then pray really hard and see if you can somehow rearrange the story so it can be a blessing. I mean, there's some stories that I've pursued that I wasn't clear whether or not God could bless them before I started. And the more I dug into the stories, the more I realized that there was going to be no blessing here from God if I pursued it further. So I just dropped the story. Yes. Oh, no, that is very clear. This is great advice. So there can be some of the real things that we could be sharing from the mission field, some of the challenges and difficulties. But overall, our stories should answer to those two criteria that you just shared with us. Can you repeat those two again? Yeah, I think it's vital to make sure that all of our stories point to Jesus and that all of our stories somehow prepare the listeners for Jesus' second coming. A special announcement today. I'd like to tell you about the IWM brand new course, Fundraising for Mission. It's brand new and now available from our website at iwm.adventist.org forward slash course dash catalog course dash catalog this is a course for every missions practitioner who lacks financial resources that probably includes everyone and if this description includes you you'll learn a few valuable things by taking this course among them how to approach potential donors what are the basic universal principles and methods of fundraising how to prepare for a fundraising campaign and follow up what are the needed attitudes for successful fundraising? And lastly here, but not least, how to make a difference in the lives of others in the mission field with this 
valuable skill. If you would like to grow in this skill and this ability, click on the Fundraising for Mission course link in the show notes. Andrew, when you prepare, say, your own testimony, you've experienced something and you feel that it will be uplifting for people to share it. How do you prepare for your presentation? For me, it's a lot easier to write than to speak. So for me, it's easiest to first sit down and write out my own personal testimony, the story that I wish to share, and then I can edit it and rewrite it all I want. And after doing that, the ideas are really well set in my mind, and it's very easy to just tell the story without reading it. Mm. And by the way, it's important not to read stories. You need to look at the audience when you're speaking so they can see your eyes, have eye contact. It makes that a lot more conversational and a lot more meaningful. Yeah, for me, though, it's easiest just to write it out so that I can remember all the facts and get them all straight in my mind before I tell it out loud. But I'm sure there, there can also be people who, like you've told me before, who have other ways of doing that, and they're definitely welcome to as well. Now, you have your own testimony, and I would really appreciate that you would share it with us as an example of a person sharing a testimony so that we, we have time. We have another 10-12 minutes here. Take this whole time, Andrew, and please share with us your personal testimony. Thank you, Alex. Let me just preface that by saying that it's really important to have a, a testimony to share, as I said earlier, because these are the stories that God has written in our lives, and He expects us to share them. And they also have a very powerful impact on listeners. That said, I think it's really important to have, let's say you have one testimony you want to share from your own personal life. It's important to have that testimony at different lengths. Let's say a 30-second version, a 3-minute version, a 10-minute version, and perhaps even the full version, which might take, I don't know, an hour. But it's important to have different sizes of the same testimony because you never know who you might run into, how much time you might have, might have to talk to them, and how much you'll be able to say before the time is up. I've unfortunately run into situations where I began the longer version of my testimony and suddenly that person was, was interrupted and had to run off. And I was like, man, I was trying so hard to tell my testimony there and didn't work out. If I'd used a shorter one and then somehow expanded as time allowed, I could have gotten more details than I did. So the point is, it's important to have different sizes. For myself, like I said earlier, I was born in Africa. You might, you've probably guessed my parents were missionaries. And so I grew up in a household that believed very strongly in, in God and Jesus. I never doubted that God existed. And I never doubted that Ellen White is a prophet. And I went to Adventist schools up through college. But for some reason, I never really developed a relationship with Jesus ever. I mean, people told me, Andy, you need to read the Bible, Andy, you need to believe in Jesus, and I, I listened to them and I tried, but I never got into it. So when I finished my studies at the age of 23, I thought to myself, what's the point of going to church? What's the point of, of praying? I mean, I didn't see any reason because I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I mentioned earlier my parents divorced, so I went through quite a rebellious stage in my, in my teen years. Yeah, so, which accumulated, I guess, when I was 19 years old and I stole an airplane and across the border to Canada. You stole an airplane and flew it across the border. Yeah, I did that too. So you can be raised as a missionary's kid and hear it all, but still do really stupid things. And by the way, I really 
I mean, praise God it happened before 9-11 because it, otherwise it would have definitely gone to jail. But in this case, people were very forgiving. And, yeah, and after I gave my heart to Jesus at the age of 33, I contacted Walla Walla University where I stole the plane from and apologized and made restitution. And I contacted my parents and apologized for the heartache I caused them by doing that. And everybody forgave me, and I even asked God for forgiveness, and He forgave me. But two years ago, I went back to Canada for the very first time, this time to collect mission stories, and they stopped me at the airport and, and quizzed me for about 30 minutes because apparently I was still on their records for having stole that plane 25 years ago. <laughs> so it's true what the Bible says, that, I mean, what you sow you'll reap, and even though God forgives, there's still consequences in this world. Yeah, anyway, so I stole the airplane, and I did a lot of really stupid things. And at the age of 23, I graduated from school, or from my studies, and I thought to myself, I really want to do something big with my life. What can I do? I wanted to become a journalist, and I had no experience. And I looked around, and I couldn't find any good jobs in the United States for somebody with no experience. And I really had a great desire to be famous fast, and you, couldn't, you can't do that without any experience. So... I looked across the ocean and I saw Russia. I saw in Russia there was a big opportunity to write big stories with no experience. This was 1995, 1996. People my age with no experience who were from the United States were in Russia writing stories about Boris Yeltsin in the hospital, about the war and the conflict in Chechnya. And I thought to myself, if I could get to Russia, I could be, be a big journalist fast. So I wrote to the editor of the only English-language newspaper that was publishing daily in Russia and asked if he would hire me. He was very kind and wrote back and said, how's your Russian? Well, I had no Russian at all, so I said none. He never wrote back to me. But I wasn't discouraged, so I bought a one-way plane ticket to Russia. I bought a one-year visa, and that left $700 in my pocket, and I flew over to Russia with that. My mom was really worried. She said, Andy, what's going to happen to you? With no job, very little money. I said, hey, mom, don't worry about it. I'll sleep in the metro if I have to, but I'll find a job. And after just a month in Moscow, I landed an entry-level job at that newspaper where I wanted to work. It was the very smallest job possible, and it required no Russian language skills. I was working as a copy editor. As a copy editor? A copy editor. And I decided I wasn't going to go to church, I wasn't going to worry about God, because he, had, he was not in my life, he never had been. And I thought to myself, the only thing I need in life is to work hard, earn money, and succeed, and that's enough. So I worked hard. And Alex, is there anything wrong with working hard? There's nothing wrong with working hard. Exactly, it's biblical. I mean, Paul says if you don't work, you won't eat, right? So it's good to work hard. So I worked really hard. And when I was asked to work four hours, I worked six. If I was asked to work eight hours, I worked 12. And after just four years, I was the number two editor at the newspaper. And I thought to myself, this is great. You can succeed really well just by working hard. And now I thought to myself, I'm almost at the top. If I work really, really, really hard, I'll become editor-in-chief. So I worked even harder. And one year passed and two years passed, and three years passed, and four years passed, and five years passed, and I thought to myself, what's wrong here? I got to be number two in just four years, and now it's been five years, and I'm still number two. Well, Alex, even though I was working hard, I was actually living a really bad life. When I arrived in Russia, I was, I think, pretty much a good 
person. I mean, I didn't have any bad habits or anything like that. But living nine years without God really took a toll on my life. And I had a really, I had a whole string of really bad, whole string of really bad events in my life. I was really badly beaten up in the entryway of the apartment building one night. Could have died then. A coworker at work got shot in the stomach in the parking lot of our of our company. A friend of mine got arrested and went to jail for ten years. And suddenly I began to have real serious health problems. And I realized that perhaps the way I was living was killing me. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was using drugs. I was still working as a reporter, I mean, as an editor at the newspaper, and everyone thought I was living a good life, but I knew I wasn't. All my friends were pretty much bandits. They're all Russians. Anyway, and suddenly I began to think, what's the point of working so hard? I mean, I could lose everything in an instant. I mean, I could die. I could be deported from Russia because my friends and I were not always following the law. I mean, I could lose everything in just a moment, and what's the point of working so hard? So for the very first time in my life, I began to think about God, and I wondered whether God had a plan for me, whether there was something I could do with my life still for God. And Alex, I felt so ashamed. I thought to myself, I've known about God my whole life, but I never believed in Him, I never really obeyed Him, and now when I'm feeling sick and I could lose everything, it doesn't seem very right to come to God and say, God, help me, because I've done nothing for Him. And so with great shame, I just prayed and said, God, I'm so sorry for being a complete waste, being a complete failure with my life. And I don't know if there's anything left for me to do for you, but if there is, please reveal your plan for me and I'll do it. Well, I called my mom and said, Mom, I want to quit my job and become a pastor. <laughs> mom was really happy to hear that. I was thinking about God. But she said to me, Andy, it's November. It's kind of hard to get into the seminary in November. You should pray some more about that. So I prayed and very reluctantly realized I should just stay and work some more. Well, Alex, you won't believe what happened. Two months after I gave my heart to God, I became editor-in-chief. Is that right? I couldn't believe it. I tried for so long and so hard to become editor-in-chief. And only, only when I gave up trying, only when I surrendered to God with my life, did God give what I'd actually been seeking and not getting. And you know, Alex, I didn't even want the job anymore. And then you didn't want it, of course. Yes, I didn't want it. I want to be a pastor. Well, I became editor-in-chief, and God was really good to me. I didn't deserve that at all. And every year I prayed, God, help me become a pastor. Let me work for you full-time. And guess what happened? I worked as editor-in-chief for seven years. Another seven years. <laughs> so God has a good sense of humor. But I needed those seven years because I was so far from God when I when I started seeking His will, that I had, had a lot to learn, and I still do, Alex, a lot. But this is basically a, a version of my personal testimony about how I surrendered and, was, and God made big changes in my life. And frankly, I think when you tell this kind of story, people really can relate because God, the same God who worked in my life, is working in their lives. And the theme that I see in my life is surrender. I've always wanted to control everything. I've always wanted to plan my future. And I've seen in my life that as soon as, as I surrender my will to God, God has been able to do really big things that I never could do on my own. And I think this is very relatable because we all want to control our lives. We all have difficulty surrendering. And it's really valuable, I think, to be able to share that experience so that other people realize that God can also work in their lives when they surrender.
Andrew, thank you so much for both talking to us about the nature of sharing our testimonies, our stories from our experiences in the mission field, in our lives, and also sharing your testimony as just as an example of uh, how a person easily and conversationally can share their story. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Appreciate that. Thank you, Alex. Let's jump now to concluding but important remarks. Webinar registration for our December live event is now open. We have a great topic. We'll learn together the best ways of learning a new language. Well, as you know, having to learn a foreign language is a need of most all missionaries and international employees. That's a no-brainer. And we will have a whole one-hour session to share valuable and most importantly actionable tips with you, with each other. Secure your seat in the webinar. Find the registration link in the show notes and just take one minute to get that thing done. Now, I've never really stressed this next point, but it is important. If you are listening to a podcast from any kind of app on your smartphone, whether it is Apple Podcasts app or Google Play Music or anything else, please make sure you did click on the subscribe button. Let me explain to you why that is so crucial. This way, every time we publish a new episode, which is weekly on Wednesdays, your app will notify you and download the episode when you have a good connection. After that, it's so easy to listen to the episode. It's downloaded and available to you. So yes, if you haven't subscribed yet, find that button and click it. Subscribe. It makes things so much easier. Friends, don't forget the IWM podcast end of the year survey that I talked about at the very beginning. That's currently a big thing for us and every voice, your voice, makes a difference. And if you do want to go an extra mile, please recommend this podcast to a friend or a colleague who would enjoy being part of the Global Adventist Missions community. Take them personally through the setup on their smartphone. They might just need that little help from you. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.